What's good, everybody? Merry Christmas uh, to all. And uh, welcome to the OMFL News at the Dark, man. It's your boy, Brady Sr. Bringing that holiday spirit. And uh, we're going to talk about the uh, current playoff uh, standings as far as like games that have been completed, uh, games that are um, upcoming, and um, see if I can get, you know, us through a nice little quick show before we uh, get on over to the Press Pass Live hosted by Nate. And uh, man, I might even join him, man, you know, uh, this week on this show if he allows it. But other than that, man, um, stay locked, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Peace. Alright, what's good everybody, man? Welcome back to the OMFL News at the Dark. It's your boy Brady Senior, man. Again, happy holidays, man, to everyone. Uh, but real quick, man, we're going to talk about some uh, playoff bracket standings right now. Um, looks like we uh, have the Jaguars uh, secure a win over the Patriots 34-20. to and advance on awaiting uh, the other two wildcard games that I'm not sure have been scheduled. And then it looks like the uh, Lions, um, the number two seed Lions, lost to the Cardinals 30-7. to uh, And I believe that D-Money's team was uh, CPU-led um, uh, in that victory, which was a shocker. But, I mean, then again, I mean, it's the AI, man. What did you expect? But other than that, man, uh, we still got other games uh, locked and uh, waiting to be played. So uh, we'll keep you posted on uh, the goings on with the postseason. Peace. Back to the OMFL News After Dark, y'all, man. Like I said, I'm trying to breeze through this. Not really a whole lot to talk about. But I would like to say, man, uh, Nashville stands strong, man. Uh, if you guys haven't heard, Nashville was hit by a bomb of some sort today. And uh, and uh, I guess the wee hours of this morning and some uh, some freak accident that looked like something out of an out of a action movie. But... Uh, Hopefully nobody, uh, you know, nobody in the families here in the leagues or nobody anywhere uh, got too terribly injured. But I know that's going to be one of those things where uh, the damage is done and it's going to take some time to rebuild, especially with everything going on with COVID. I mean, come on, man. 2020. Let up a little bit, fam. Let up a little bit. But back to the game, man. We're going to talk about um, MVP B. Morris, man was able to secure the in-game MVP, and then the uh, in-game coach of the year went to 
I think. Penguin. Yeah, Penguin. Out there in Kansas City was able to lock it down with the Chiefs. But, uh, hey, man, we'll be right back after this, man. Talk about the rest of these uh, award winners for the AFC side up next. Peace. What's good, everybody, man? It's your boy, Brady Senior, giving you the OMFL news after dark. We are back, getting ready to talk about this AFC side of the award winners in game. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, Office Player of the Year went to B. Morris. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year went to the Chiefs with uh, Samson Beckham. Um, and then Office of Rookie of the Year went to my boy, B. Morris, for his third award of the season. Then the defensive rookie went to Jawan Roach out of Kansas City. And then the uh, best quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, out of the uh, Chiefs, won uh, that award. You have BMO secure the best running back in the league. Of course he did, man. <laughs> yeah, best wide receiver was Steven Vinson. Uh, best O-line went to Schwartz out there in Kansas City. D lineman, of course, still went to Samson Beckham out there in the Chiefs. Linebacker went to Von Miller in the Broncos. And uh, DB went to Harrison out there in Cleveland. Massimo stand up. And then, man, my boy, Josh Lambeau in this mother. Done it again, bro. He done, done it again, y'all. Back-to-back kick of the year awards, bro. I mean, go ahead, man. Lock him in. He will be a living legend. We'll be right back, man. We're going to talk about the NFC side, man. And, man, we might be out of here. Peace. Alright man, if you made it this far, man, hit that like, hit that subscribe, and then show, share this stuff on other social media platforms, man. It's your boy Brady Senior giving you the OMFL news after dark. Right before my boy Nate gives you the press pass live right after my show. But uh man, we do this every week. It's a grown folk community. OMFL, always live. But uh, hey man, we'll be right back after this. Yeah. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Brady Senior, giving you the OMFL News After Dark. And, man, we are out this piece. I'm going to give you guys the NFC side of the award winners real quick. And then we're going to send this bad boy right over to my boy, Nate, 
for the Press Pass Live Playoff Edition for Season 93. We rolling, y'all. But anyway, let's let's go ahead and get right into this. We had McLaurin win the Offensive Player of the Year from Washington. You had Wagner win Defensive Player of the Year from Seattle, from the Seahawks. And, of course, Offensive Rookie of the Year went to Bramble out there in Chicago. Then you had Defensive Rookie of the Year was Doug Glenn out there in um, Detroit. He was followed right there by Quinn Derby, but... Glenn was able to edge him out for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Best QB went to Jones out of uh, the Giants. How does that happen? I mean, my boy missed like four or five games at the beginning of the season and still came back and slashed y'all. Anyway, running back goes to Ezekiel Elliott out there in the NFC. And uh, the the Cowboys there, yeah, wide receiver again, McLaurin, locking down the receiver spot. Offensive lineman went to Martin out of Cowboys. Man, he had four dudes on uh, the offensive line for uh, for awards. (laughs) Chase Young, my boy out there in the deuce, was able to uh, secure the uh, defensive line player of the year from a football team. And then you have Wagner, again, linebacker uh, for the Seahawks. Uh, DB of the year went to uh, Glenn out there in Detroit. And then the kicker, man, was Pratt. Matt Prater. Pratt. Whatever. Matt Prater it is. <laughs> he was able to lock it down for the kickers on the NFC side. Man, that's it for me, man. I know this probably took a little bit too long, but whatever. But this is your boy Brady Senior, man. Give me the OMFL news every week. Thanks for your time, man. Thanks for your time, fam. <laughs> Peace, y'all. OMFL. You You see, this is why you've got to remember to turn things on and to turn things off.
and Nate didn't do that. So Merry Christmas part two for all of you. I hope that you're getting some time off and enjoying some time with your family and friends and getting a chance to relax and kind of hit the reset button. 2021 is right around the corner and um, there's some exciting things happening here in the OMFL and kind of the grown folks in general. And so I hope that you're a part of it and uh, I'm glad that you are tuning in. You are not able to watch this live because it is super late, which is why I forgot to turn everything on and turn things off. And uh, yeah, I'm all over the place because it's 1230 at night and our internet in our neighborhood has been completely jacked up since Christmas and I've been trying to get it fixed on my end and it's not anything that I can fix. And so clearly it's not stable enough for me to go live. And so I wanted to make sure to go ahead and get a recording done. I apologize. I know that you've seen it pop up on YouTube, but it is not live. This is going to be recorded, but we'll get it put up tonight. And uh, this tonight's all going to be about the playoffs. Uh, we're going to talk. It's going to be a pretty short show. Uh, we're just going to talk about the teams that made it in, the matchups that we've already seen. It looks like the AFC is already ready to roll into the AFC Championship, a rematch from last year. Kansas City Chiefs versus the Baltimore Ravens. Still two games left to go in the NFC side before we find out who is going to represent us over there. But some interesting things to talk about, some fun things to talk about. And then I got some really, really good questions here tonight. So let's hop over there and uh, let's get digging into this. All right, man, it is, uh, it's time for the playoffs, and I can't believe that we're, we're kind of already here, and uh, it's, it's that time of the year. Let me see if I can scoot up a little closer here, sit up like I got, I got half a sense. But, um, man, we got some good matchups here. Let's look at the Dolphins and Chargers. So number one seed was the Kansas City Chiefs. They got to wait a week, um, and they got to wait for the winner of whoever kind of the lowest seed that came out here. It ended up being the Jaguars, and we'll talk about that game in just a bit. But the Dolphins made it as the number two seed. Chargers sneak in as the number seven seed. Um, the Ravens and Houston Texans match off in a three to six seed. And then the Jaguars hosted the New England Patriots in a four and five matchup. And these were some really good games. This one was really, I, I think, a bit of a, a shocker from the sense of the Miami Dolphins, who've played really good football all year long, were able to stop the Chargers from doing what they do really well. But the Chargers still had a really good game. Not a ton of turnovers. I mean, we still have, we're still talking about three turnovers. So if this were the NFL, you'd be like, oh my God, that's a lot of turnovers. But in the OMFL this year, that is not a lot of turnovers. For Madden 21, that's not a lot of turnovers as we have seen those skyrocketed numbers go up. But there are some crazy things that happened in this game. Tua, Tua Tunga Valoa had a pretty good game. Two touchdowns, one interception. He was 19 for 26 for a 117.1 QBR, which is really good. No sacks on the day. So that offensive line really able to protect him from those really good defensive ends that the Chargers had. Herbert struggled. And this is the shocker for me because... This is what the Chargers do well, right? This is what they do is they, they come as a passing attack. They'll spread you out, and Herbert can spread the ball all around the place. This is a very, very good quarterback. <clears throat> but Colin's not really playing up to his potential yet, and I think we'll see more of that next year as Colin gets to kind of hit the reset button, especially with some stuff that we'll talk about a little bit later. But no touchdowns, two interceptions, 221 yards, 
and two sacks on the day. But here's the, the shocking part of this game is the Chargers ran the ball really well, 6.9 and 7.3 average. And it's like, why didn't you just slow the game down, adjust your game plan, and just keep chewing the clock? Because he did a pretty good job on defense, 22 for Matt Beretta, 93, two touchdowns. But, I mean, this guy was averaging, you know, five yards a carry throughout the season. So this was a pretty decent game for the Chargers. Just keep chewing the clock. That's not what Colin does. He likes to spread you out and pass the ball all around the place. Keenan Allen, 7 for 93. Devontae Parker with a big day, 8 for 164 and a touchdown. And then the defense really just got all over the place. Again, you've seen one sack from Christian Wilkins and one from Raekwon McMillan. And then three interceptions, one from Murray for the Chargers, and then Sherman and Stewart each got them one for the Miami Dolphins. So big win. It really was the um, Chargers defense. And then the special teams, as you see, Stephen Vincent here had four for 177, but a long of 101 yards and a touchdown. So special teams and defense pretty much did their part to keep the Chargers in it. Just wasn't enough as the Miami Dolphins really had the firepower to outdo them this year. Uh, you're not going to see it on the screen here, but we'll move over to the Baltimore Ravens and Houston Texans. This one came with a little bit of frustration, I think. And if you look at the initial numbers, you'll kind of see why. I mean, this was a 2-0 game uh, after the first quarter. Offensive explosion in the second quarter. The Houston Texans take a 19-15 to lead. And then the Baltimore Ravens just kind of hit the brakes on the game and really, really slow the game down. And when you see some of these stats, they're going to be a little off-putting at first. But then if you just kind of recognize the, the flow of the game and that overall his stats are not that bad. Uh, Deshaun Watson, 169 passing yards two touchdowns is really good a qbr 145 but he was only eight for 13 and this is a trend and we're going to talk about this a little later in the show with some of our questions but this is a trend that has been concerning to me is some of our top teams are just not passing the ball that much they're passing the ball 14 15 12 16 times a game they're not getting into the 20s plus and they're just running the ball 20, 30 times, as you're going to see in this game, J.K. Dobbins, 34 for 154. That feels yucky. I'm just going to be honest. It, it feels yucky to me when I see it. That's just not a number that we see anymore. Um, I mean, he was, if my math is right, he's technically in, in the number here because I think <clears throat> would it be seven carries would be, no, seven carries would be 10%. So it would be 14 carries. So no, he was way over the 80-20 rule here by a whole lot. I did the math backwards in my head. I only got the 10%. Um, no, that's not right. 10% is 3.4. 20% would be 7, right? 3.5 and 3.5. And so yes, he was in it. Yeah, I'm not wrong. Okay, well, I don't know. It's 12.30 at night. Who cares? But Either way, he was barely inside with the eight rushes from Mark Ingram. I, that's just a yucky number that you kind of just don't want to see all that much. Um, Marquise Brown, five receptions, 101 yards out of the total 221 that Lamar Jackson had on the day. So big day for Hollywood Marquise Brown. And then looking at the defense, this is what the Ravens do, right? One sack from Campbell and from Harrison. Uh Duke, I'm not even going to try the last name because uh, I'm just going to embarrass myself, ended up having a sack over there. And then two interceptions 
from the Houston Texans, and Nipple will do that. He will turn the ball over uh, through interceptions, and, and that will come back to haunt him if he doesn't kind of get that figured out. Um, everything else looked you know, pretty normal here. A big victory there for the Ravens as they're passing offense and running offense, 36 carries. It's just some crazy numbers. Then the Jaguars come away with a, an at-home victory for a first-round victory for Brady and his Jaguars, 34-20. to 20. This game was really about Dyson, uh, 254 passing yards. He had a long of 50, only one sack, 82% for a QBR of 113. And then Worthington, I think they gave up you know, pretty decent amount to go out and get him from the Green Bay Packers. There are rumors that he's going to get cut or not re-signed. I'm not sure where that stands, um, but terrible day for him. One touchdown, four interceptions, 310 passing yards. He did have a long of 81, but four sacks in the Davis, 13 for 35, which is really not what Bloop's game is all about. 20 rushes for Ben Morris, 103 yards. Jeremy Hill, six, or Justice Hill, I'm sorry, six for 85, which is a big, big number for the backup running back. And if the backup running back's getting those kind of yards, that becomes really difficult. Kirkland Hyde, I mean, this kid is just putting up some gross numbers. Seven receptions, 210 yards. But when you're passing the ball 35 times, I think the number was, that's going to happen. And let's look at these interceptions. It's not pretty for the Patriots. Jared Wilson, McCourty, Miles Jack, Dylan Spann, each with an interception. And then J.C. Jackson gets one for the New England Patriots. And the Jaguars are able to outlast them with a 14-point victory. That moves us to the second round where the Kansas City Chiefs faced off against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that defense just could not stop this powerful offense that we're seeing with the Kansas City Chiefs. 476 total yards, 236 passing yards, 178 rushing yards. I mean, this guy's just got all the tools. Mahomes with an amazing day. 158.3. I think that's just one point something away from a perfect QBR. I think what's 159 might be a perfect QBR. Three touchdowns, one sack. He was 17 of 18. Yeah, it's tough to deal with. If you're on the other side of the football, that like, what do you answer to that? You know, he's being very efficient. He's picking plays that work. He's he's not making bad decisions, and you're not able to get to him. And that's just really really tough. Dyson, not a bad day, though. Two touchdowns, no interceptions to keep his team in this. A 121 QBR, two sacks on the day as he goes 13 for 22. 14 for 133 and a touchdown for Saquon Barkley. Justice Hill with another big game for the Jacksonville Jaguars, 6 for 104. Ben Moore's 20 for 95, so they did what they normally do. The problem is, is Jacksonville did the same thing with his two running backs, and then you got Mahomes going 18 for 19, which is just, just crazy, crazy numbers. Look at some defense real quick. Uh, uh, Ikebom, you know, sack leader in the OMFL would have, I think we have to look at the stats. It probably would have broke the NFL record. Josh Allen got him one. Frank Clark got him one. And then no interceptions from any of these quarterbacks. They played outstanding football. So tip of the cap to Mr. Brady and his Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a really good game from him. Just wasn't enough. You know, you just you got to know when you just don't have enough to be able to face these top teams. And, man, Kansas City is going to be hard to beat. <clears throat> 
As it brings us to the other side of the spectrum, a defense that's hard to beat in the Baltimore Ravens. He blanks the Miami Dolphins 24 to nothing at home. Lamar Jackson goes 8 for 12. Blah. Don't love that number. This wasn't a complete blowout. I mean, we're talking about a 21 to nothing lead. I guess, you know, he just tries to really slow it down in the second half and run the clock out as probably neither one of them can move the ball more. I just hate this trend that we're seeing here. You know, 9 of 23 for Tugavaloa. It's just a tough day facing that defense. But 8 of 12, just want to see a bigger number, especially in the playoffs. Matt Breda had a struggle, you know, 12 for 56. But when you're down 21 nothing, it's hard to keep feeding that guy. Even though he averaged 4.7 yards a carry, J.K. Dobbins, not a great day, 13 for 56, but Mark Ingham, 10 for 41, and then Carl Young, 11 for 29. So overall, these guys had a pretty decent day running the ball. Hollywood Brown doing what he normally does, and then this is where this game gets really interesting, and it's the interceptions, man. Um, two are just struggled. Two for Patrick Queen, two for Earl Thomas, and one for Marlon Humphrey. You can't turn the ball over this many times facing one of these top teams, and that is what blanked the Miami Dolphins. But, man, a hell of a season there uh, for Ross, and, and I think the Miami Dolphins will continue to be one of those teams that's just going to keep building. He's going to get a little bit more uh, expertise. He's going to get a little bit more age. He's going to grow those players a little bit more. And I think a team that you're going to see really, really shine as we continue. And that sets up the championship game over here. Kansas City Chiefs versus Baltimore Ravens. I pray, I hope that my internet is working by then because that would be a fun game to call. We're not even going to talk about this top game in the NFC. This ended being a ended up being a CPU game. The Lions fall to the Cardinals, uh, which sucks. He, The Cardinals were CPU, and they just had their way with the Detroit Lions. Lions had a good season, but definitely an up-and-down season. I know he had the number two C, but you definitely seen him. He lost to the Rams this year. He lost to the Cincinnati Bengals this year. Definitely had some issues this year in some of his games, and losing to the CPU is not fun. And I know that doesn't really set up a matchup that my buddy D. Wayne's looking for because – D-Money is kind of in D-Wayne's head, and there's a good chance. I know he's probably not going to be back because I think the CPU Cardinals won't be back to the third, and we're not waiting four days for him to get back. So this is probably going to be a CPU game. Let's hope the Dallas Cowboys can get a victory because we do not want a CPU team making the NFC Championship. That's just like giving D-Money a free pass all the way. Arizona, Arizona, listen to me. Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Carolina Panthers, the three versus six. This was a good game. I got to watch some of this. There were some clicks in this game, late in this game, which was a little disappointing. Uh, if you watch this later, Big Hurt, you did do some clickage. We're going to have to have a conversation. Again, when we get in these big games of a playoff game, we can't be having that stuff. We, we have to really make sure that we're staying within the rules. And this was a really crazy game to watch a tight game. It came down to the very, very end. I think Tampa Bay was driving and threw a pick six with under two minutes to go in this game. He actually drove the field and had an opportunity to get the game tying touchdown. Uh, and it was a weird call. I think he got called out of bounds on a play where his receiver, his back hit out of bounds. His feet looked like they hit inbounds. It was just a weird, weird play. 
Both of these quarterbacks played pretty good. It looked like Tom Brady got the start in this one. Both threw touchdowns, both threw interceptions. QBR is over 100, though, mean a pretty good day. And it's good to see these guys are actually passing the ball. Uh, Donald McCoy, though, did take three sacks, and that's something that he's going to have to get cleaned up as he moves forward in the playoffs. Christian McCaffrey, 17 for 56 Kind of a down year for him. Uh, you'd expect him to play a little bit better. And Fournette, 8 for 31, which is interesting because I, I really do think that Ronald Jones is probably the better halfback. But um, Fournette is the guy who gets a bulk of the carries over here for the Tampa Bay Bucks. But in total, we're talking about 12 carries, and that's just not going to do it in the playoffs. DJ Moore, 7 for 134. OJ Howard, 6 for 67. Robbie Anderson, 4 for 61 i think we only had one sack given up in this game i'm sorry three sacks that's right anthony nelson had two via vita vea had one and then one interception for each of these teams one from lipton who's been an outstanding player for the carolina panthers and one from devin white and the carolina panthers that's the last thing they need is another really good uh, uh linebacker on that team and that's going to move us to a crazy game. And, you know, this is why I wish this was live right now, because this would be a fun conversation to be having with these guys. But um, 369 offensive yards, 220 for the Atlanta Falcons. So really the Seahawks were able to do what they wanted to do, but it's going to be their special teams that let them down in this game. Both teams had two turnovers. Both quarterbacks struggled in this one, 311 passing yards. One touchdown, two interceptions for Russell Wilson, 135, one and one for Jimmy Garoppolo, who I think is only having like his fourth or fifth start for the Atlanta Falcons, maybe a little bit more than that. Nihon Himes with an outstanding game. I don't know who sent him to the Atlanta Falcons, but – Screw you, man. Thank you for doing that, man. I'm going to match up against this guy's a matchup nightmare. He can bust a long run anytime he wants. Nine for 77 and 8.6 average. Chris Carson struggled 14 for 49, a 3.5 average. That's going to be hard to really move the ball and, and make things happen. Tyler Lockett, four for 100. DK Metcalf, seven for 92. So those guys were really doing their thing. And then the tight end threw five for 65. So outside of the turnovers, these three top guys are really doing their thing for the um, Seattle Seahawks. And then... Coming over here, Deion Jones, of course, is the tackle leader in this game. Jarrett Mitchell, the outstanding rookie, he will get votes for Rookie of the Year and may even win it. An outstanding rookie year for him. Deontay Fowler with one sack and then Daryl Taylor with a sack. And then a couple of interceptions here. Devin Royals and Kiana Neal for the Atlanta Falcons and Jaquan Bowman with an interception. But here's the part I really want to draw your attention to. Jason Myers was two for five for 40% in this game. We had one missed extra point in this game. So maybe a laggy game, a game that wasn't being kind to them. But he hits two of these field goals and just misses one, and they win this game. But Jason Myers definitely let his team down, and the Atlanta Falcons move on. So that's going to set up D. Wayne versus D. Money. But again, I think that's going to be a CPU game, and that's going to set up the Carolina Panthers versus the Atlanta Falcons. If you're Carolina Panthers, 
you're kind of upset and frustrated, right? You you just played these guys freaking four of your games this past year, and now you're having to play two more for a total of eight conference games. That's just not fun to do. It's very, very difficult to beat a team three times, um, and the Atlanta Falcons are really bringing in a, a big unknown. This will be one to watch. Um, can Carolina shake their one-and-done bug that they've shown in the playoffs, and can the upstart New Atlanta Falcons uh, continue to be one of those hot teams who came in here late, made a turnaround from the team that Bill left him and and uh, is making a little bit of a, a run here at the end of the season. And that's really it. That's where we are. Um, those are going to be some really good games, and, and basically that's just going to kind of bring us to the end of our questions, which is going to be some of the, the hot-button topics that I wanted to hit and uh, to get over there, though, I wanted, I wanted to really do the uh, mailbag. And so let's talk about the mailbag real quick, and, uh, and then that'll wrap us up for tonight. There we go. I knew that it would play nice for me. All right, let's get over here and look at this mailbag because there's definitely some really good questions here. Um, it's a little big, but uh, let's see if I can't. Uh, yeah, I think you'll be able to see this. Bill has some good questions, and this is what I really want to dig in tonight. But he says, what is your and the board's thoughts on competitive gameplay versus simulation gameplay? And then what was the thinking or reasoning behind trying out competitive gameplay and the test CFM? So let me actually reverse engineer those if I can, Bill, if that's all right with you, and, and really talk about those and, and kind of reverse order. Uh, I actually want to fix my cam here if that's okay with you guys. Nope, that's not what I wanted. There we go. That's much better. Sorry about that. Um, here's what our thinking was. Let me show you a couple of articles. So number one, <clears throat> someone else approached me with this uh, thought, and my initial reaction was, hell no, competitive uh, has no injuries, uh, competitive, has no penalties, and it's it's just kind of made to where all of that stuff goes away. And as a sim football league, we just we can't give up on that. Um, I'd be willing to give and take a little bit in that, uh, but I wasn't willing to give in and no injuries. That just would be a big no-no. And then they offered to kind of send me some research and some things that they've kind of found. So let me draw your attention to uh, the first one. And so number one, I want to find out, and this is just one of many articles. They all kind of say the same thing. And so I kind of picked this one because it was easy to get my hands on. But they basically break down what each mode is, right? Rookie mode is is for beginners. It just kind of, <clears throat> arcade mode, I should say. Uh, it's just kind of the big plays, lots of offense, players playing out of their mind, that kind of stuff. And then the, the other two modes play a little bit similar with some slight, slight tweaks or, or differences between there. And so here's the, the first one, and, and that's, um, let me see if I can go up a little bit. Here we go. Um, comp mode is for players who want less randomness. And when I read that, and I've read this in a couple of different areas, that caught my attention because, honestly, that's what we want. Of course we want some randomness. Of, we don't want every quarterback to be 
Mahomes, 18 of 19. We don't want every running back, no matter their rating, to go for 135 yards and average six yards a carry. We don't want every receiver to put up 2,000 yards receiving. So, of course, we're not saying that there should not be some playing true to ratings. But what I didn't understand is that with Sim, they introduced this idea of random things happening. And so these are the games where you show up and your team plays nothing like they expected them to play or how they played in the past. And one game is completely different from another. And all of a sudden your quarterback completely loses it and just randomly starts winging it all over the field. And a guy is had a 70 overall quarterback for this year. I know exactly what that feels like. My guy's just been randomly, just like feet set, right, read, sell the past 20 yards, and, you know, it's been intercepted. So sim mode actually introduces a little bit of randomness to mimic kind of some of the weird things that you see in the NFL every single Sunday. And comp mode actually takes that randomness out, which is not something I understood about comp mode. And it it makes the game play truer to the ratings of the players that you have, which is why when you play a a just head-to-head game online, they're going to be in comp mode. It takes out the randomness and whatever your team is rated, whatever your players are rated, they're going to play more true to those ratings. And that's something that really was a check mark, a big, big check mark for me and, and a new lesson learned for me. The other one is this idea of consistency, which is what we're ultimately looking for. Of course, we want a chess match and we want rules and play, but when it comes to the side of sliders and moving things around and constantly adjusting with every new update, the idea is to find a consistency in gameplay so that the game feels consistent. So now you can build your team to fit your style as compared to the gameplay as what we have now where you could show up and the gameplay is completely different from advance to advance, from update to update, from week to week. You never know what your team is going to do and it makes it very hard to aim for some steady sliders that bring a consistency and comp mode does that. So a couple of the things that it had to overcome for me, number one were injuries, which we quickly found out are a very real thing. And there's actually a new thing that we'll talk about that I've learned with the injury slider in comp mode that I actually really, really like. And and again, I'm going to make a little pitch here, but I'm probably going to make a video later this week with a bigger pitch, depending on what decision we make. So we had to overcome injuries. We found out there was injuries. We played around a little bit with it. The second thing that it had to overcome for me was where do we stand on gameplay? Um, How does it feel? Do players react? Do they play truer to their ratings? And it was actually kind of neat. Again, it doesn't feel like a completely different game, um, but it does feel faster. It does feel a little bit quicker and a little bit more fast-paced, which is more enjoyable to play. A couple of minutes ago when they slowed the gameplay down and you could pick, right, we all thought slower was going to be better, but you need a little bit of speed, a little bit of rhythm to kind of get into the flow of the game. And I think it just makes for a better experience. Let me see if I can take you over here and show you a couple of things that um, that we were playing with and, and that we, f- we figured out. All right, so the first one was just messing with these sliders. Oh, oh, the last one was injuries. And what I found is there, I mean, not injuries, uh, penalties. There are not a lot of penalties. And that's unfortunate. 
Um, I don't think any owner is going to complain, at least not a lot of complaints, to to not lose a game on a crazy penalty. We've seen a few penalties like roughing the quarterback, uh, passive uh, uh, defensive pass interference, that kind of stuff. But we, we're not seeing a lot of holdings. Um, let me show you one other thing. Let me, let me go back here. I'm going to show you uh, one other thing before I show you why I got where I got. I'm going to show you um, Matt's 10 sliders. Now, Matt 10 is a guy that puts in a ton of work into his sliders, countless hours of uh study of gameplay of testing this guy really pours himself into these sliders and i think one of the gold standards in sliders whenever it comes to the mag community and just from i don't know the guy i've reached out to him a couple times nothing back you know but i'm just a random dude so i didn't expect anything back but I respect the amount of work that goes into these sliders. And so there were a couple of things that he did here that we tested here, and you can see his reasonings. I can link these again if you need them and, and want to read these yourself. But speed, um, disparity, scale, and he talks about how uh, there is this uh, trigger where the animations are smoother and quicker. They work together better because of the speed disparity and, and kind of how players interact with each other. They're not running into each other, triggering weird animations or crazy looking animations. And so things just kind of flow a little bit better with each other. He talks about the offsides, the false start and the holding penalties and why he has them set here. And, and it's to, to kind of overcome some of the speed because when you adjust that speed, sometimes those defensive players can be too quick it, it it makes pass rush too good and so he overcomes this by allowing players to kind of hold their blocks a little bit longer but we found that even in testing you still get tons of sacks and if you hold on to the ball you can give up a whole bunch of sacks so you're still seeing plenty of stacks but nothing crazy as you would think would happen with a 75 speed disparity um Roughing the passer, he talks about. And then this is an interesting one where he talks about passive defensive interference. And he kind of gives a couple of examples here. You can kind of see one here where you're going to see a player um, kind of freeze and let the guy kind of run by him on normal settings. I think that's going to be jittery for y'all. Uh, just because of the way I've got it set up. But you can still get the idea there that the guy freezes. And then with passive defensive interference all the way down uh, to 50, this is kind of more of the look that you're getting. And so there isn't quite the freeze. And though he's burnt and he gives up the slant, which happens, right? You're not getting quite as bad... Um, Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is next. This is still current slider setting. So you still get a little bit of a freeze. This is the one where you're not seeing a lot of the, the crazy freeze and let a guy run past you. And so you can see that the DB kind of followed that play a little bit better. But you're still getting some pass interference calls. Um, so we've kind of used this as kind of the basis of why we got where we got with the test. And so these are on comp mode. 
figures. This thing is reconnecting. Hold on a second, friends. Apologize for the crazy pause. My my MacBook is uh it's not loving what I just tried to make it do. Alright, here we go. So after a bunch of testing, we, this is kind of where I'm starting to settle in here. QB accuracy at 48. This allows, you know, really good quarterbacks to still stay really accurate, but, you know, a 70 overall is not going to be pinpoint accuracy. Um, you do see some random throws from even really good quarterbacks if your feet aren't set or just sometimes you get a bad throw, but they're very, very few. Like I've seen probably two really bad throws, and the really bad throws really came either from a bad read or from a quarterback that I'm trying to go deep, and he's got 78 accuracy. And so, you know, you're going to get a, an offline throw from time to time. This pass block, I think, is the tipping point. Any lower, you get a ton of sacks. Any higher, you don't see as many sacks. This will kind of go right between that 49 or 50. I think it'll, it'll end up settling. This is a small bump, but I just found that there were almost no drops. And so I wanted to see some drops and a big hit, a close play. And so one little bump here, I thought, felt, it, felt it, it got us there. This has been on 48, but I'm hearing that running is still really tough. Um, so one little slight bump. I think there's a hair trigger in here between 48 and 50 is where this will ended up settling. With comp mode at 48, because they play truer to their ratings, you don't see a lot of fumbles, and this will allow us to get some fumbles from time to time, but nothing crazy as you would think because this is normally a setting that's at like 25 or so. Pass reaction at 48 feels really good. They're not crazy reacting, but they will make a play if the ball is near them. Interceptions at 30. Here's the thing about comp mode. Players play close to their ratings. As so if you throw it right to them, they're going to catch the ball. I'm trying to lower this. This probably will even end up being around 25, you know, somewhere in this 25 to 30. Matter of fact, I'm probably just going to go ahead and make that change right now as we test. Um, because we're seeing no drops. I haven't seen any dropped interceptions at all. If you throw it to him, he's going to catch it. And so trying to get that to, to get more knockdowns and not as many interceptions. I do think this will be between 20 and 30, somewhere in there. Pass coverage at 44, just because passing is really hard. Guys are throwing a lot of interceptions because we're getting more interceptions because of this, not as many knockdowns. I do think this is going to settle between 40. Three and 48, like somewhere in that number. I think I'm bumping up to 45 because we lowered this number, so maybe we'll get more knockdowns, which will, means coverage won't be as bad with the interceptions, but we may even test, you know, 44. Tackling at 52 just feels really good. Uh, kind of helps with the run game being so good because the run game is a little bit better on comp mode. Um, it helps kind of get some of those tackles in the hole. Field goals are about where I normally have them now, 48, 47, 48, 47, 44. Um, this all feels normal, natural. This may get even a smaller tweak, you know, um, but these feel right when you kind of compare ratings and, and what you can kind of hit whenever you're playing the game. Injuries at 50, there's a hair trigger here. 48, 49, we weren't seeing any. 50, 51, I mean 51, 52, we were seeing a ton. 50 feels good. One game they had two the entire game. I think we had one the entire game. What I like about injuries and what I found about this, and I wish I could go 51, is that you do get a bunch. I mean, you'll get 
six to eight a game, maybe nine, ten. What I like about it, though, is they're all short-term injuries, which means you have to think through as a coach, how do I build depth? Do I want to play this guy though he's injured, or do I want to sit him out? And it just adds another element of strategy. It gives this element that we see in the NFL where, you know, you just if you if you lose a key core player, you have to totally change your game plan. If you lose a key core offensive lineman, you're gonna have to really slide block and leave somebody in. It just it changes the way you coach, and that's what I, I don't think we have now. And I would like to start figuring out ways to implement with shorter turn injuries. And I haven't found on comp mode because players play near their ratings, you don't get a lot of long-term injuries. They are short-term injuries. I think 50 is going to be where we end up selling because I hear, I, I know you guys didn't play this game to, you know, play six backups a game, but man, it is kind of fun to play on 51. Uh, fatigue at 52, elite, going back to Matt Sliders, this kind of balances with those injuries. Um, and I think you get a good balance with it at 50. Even if we went 51, if we end up testing that a little bit more, um, you're going to have to set your sub in and out. This is going to be a new level of strategy if we implement this that coaches are going to have to think through. And then the, the threshold, you've seen those, uh, as well as the penalties, you you also seen those on the other one. So it kind of gets us to the last part of your question. And that's, what does the board think about it? And the honest truth is, I don't know. Um, I don't have a ton of support for it right now. I don't have a ton of pushback either. I think guys are just really busy with the holidays and, and real life going on. <clears throat> so I don't know how the board feels. Um, A couple of these decisions, though, I think I have the right to just make the decision, and I will. I think I will lean heavily on what the board thinks, and if the entire board is completely against something, I'm, I'd probably never do that. Um, if I needed, if I felt like I needed to do something that the entire board was against, it would be time for a new board because clearly we're not on the same page. Um, but I'm, you know. I think this is better, but I'm not that passionate. And again, I think what started it is the lack of consistency with our current slider set, uh, the lack of enjoyability. I just don't find it that enjoyable, and I don't think many owners do. It's just not a fun, exciting game to play. And I just can't shake consistency. I just go back to consistency. If we could get a game that plays consistent, we could fill in all the other gaps. I could We could create things that make it fun and exciting, um, set our sliders to fit our, our set. I really, really like comp, and I didn't think I was going to. I totally shot it down the first time I heard about it. Totally was against it, but I really like what I felt, and I'm totally for it, and I really hope that this is the direction we go, and, and I hope that some of you come jump in here and, and give it some some test and, and fill it out and see what you think. Probably tonight I'll go ahead and advance it to the new season, send it through the draft, and, and set it up for a new season so we get some tests in, but... Um, I think this is going to be good, and I think this would be a good move. It would inject some enthusiasm. Look, in one season, I may be singing a different tune, but right now I think it's a funner, faster-paced game. It plays more consistent. You feel like, okay, my team is playing the way I expected them to play with their weaknesses and their strengths, and now I can really game plan. And, and I, I do think there's a little bit of a learning curve in the idea of we see the high interception numbers now, 
But in comp mode, players are playing as their ratings. If you go around slinging the ball without reading your defense and really growing your user skill, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt you. And I think what comp mode um, <clears throat> adds back to the league that we used to have that we don't have now is the awarding of user defense. Um, I don't think that we have that right now. I, I don't. We don't see a lot of users on defense, a couple, but not a lot, who get rewarded for being a good user on defenses at safety, cornerback, right? Jason was such a good cornerback. In comp mode, you will get rewarded. If you are a good user, you're playing near your ratings, you will see more consistency, and if you make a mistake to a user, game over. It's getting picked. You can go ahead and count on it. So good questions. That's where I stand. Lengthy explanation, but I wanted to get into some of these thinkings and show you guys firsthand uh, what they look like. Uh, Maniac's got a whole ton of them. Uh, do you think the card CPU ends up winning another playoff game and what happens if he makes the OMFL ball? If he makes the OMFL ball, he makes the OMFL ball. It sucks, and we would probably redesign our rules and figure out something, but is it any better that somebody makes it by missing two games and they show back up from vacation and their team made it? Uh, is that worse than someone getting a free pass? Because I, I feel like if I had to play my game, you should have to play your game, even if it's against the CPU. And you better come up with a game plan that the CPU is not unbeatable, better come up with a game plan that slows the game down and <clears throat> we lax our rules on, on, on CPU games. You, If you got to play a certain coverage and you got to do a certain thing, then do what you got to do, but you got to go play the game and win it. Um, I, you know, I think that's fair, and, and I hope that we don't we don't change that. So hopefully he doesn't make it. And D Wayne, you know, is one of the more dedicated guys who will take the time to to beat the CPU. Uh, do you believe some guys have other guys' number? Um, certain heart teams types make it harder outs in other teams, or is it just all mental? Uh, I think some matchups are everything. I think it's yes to all of the things that you asked. I think some guys do have some guys' number. I think some guys are just in some dude's heads. I, I don't. I beat Mo a couple of times. How that's ever happened, I have no clue. Um, whereas we see D Wayne can't beat D Money. It seems can't get him out of his head. I think some guys go into a game where the first mistake. If you went into that game with a mindset that you can't beat this guy, the first mistake kind of puts you in that mindset, and you just play out of your your head. You play angry. You play scared. Whatever. You just don't play your normal game plan. But I also believe matchups make the difference. And Again, mixing your question and Bill's question and recalling back to our playoff game last year, you had terrible luck. I was up big. We had to hit the reset. It was a completely different game. Our teams played completely different. That's the consistency I think I, I don't want or the consistency thing I want to get away from and have some consistency. And at the same time, it shows that sometimes matchups matter. <clears throat> Because we're on sim mode and randomness gets introduced, you just never know. And some guys just get all the breaks sometimes, and it, it makes it tough. Surprise owner this season. Who was your top surprise owner this season? Um, good question. I don't know that I had any surprises. I think it would be easy to say Houston and, and, and Flirty. I think I'm saying that right. Probably not. Um, I think he would probably be the one that comes to the service. It, it'd be easy to say the Falcons, but they, they joined here halfway and, and made a run, and they're making a run here in the playoffs. Um, 
what Bloop has done with a quarterback that he seems to hate and throws way too many interceptions has been super impressive. It's good to see him back in his winning ways. But I think the Texans would probably get my nod as a team that had played much better than what I, I really expected from his team. Um, what if scenario? What if you had a choice between the top-tier quarterback of the draft that's superstar development or your choice of three of the top 15 picks that you use on what you feel are surefire starters for your team? What do you do? I'm taking the three top 15. Give me three shots to hit three or two or one really high Devo and a bunch of really good players. Give me that any day of the week. I do think you have to have a good quarterback to win this league, but We've seen if you can build a really amazing defense and a really great strong run game, you can get by with a subpar running back. I think what hurt my team this year is the defense got gutted, and I just lost every single linebacker except for one. I lost half of my DBs, um, and I lost all but one of my starting defensive linemen, and, and that ended up hurting me really, really bad. And then my offensive line just didn't play well this year, and I couldn't get a running game going. So you mix all those with a really bad quarterback, it's going to be tough to win. Um, but again, I think if we make the move, you'll see more consistency, and that could change uh, kind of in the long run. So good questions there. Um, let's go down to Kobe, and I think this is going to be it. And I'll do a quick refresh after this to make sure. But he says, uh, which two owners in, in the entire league would make for the most entertaining game? I guess we're talking about like OMFL Bowl or maybe just game and period. Um, good question, because we've seen some really fun matchups. <clears throat> I think if if we found some consistency in gameplay, and Rob was able to build a team to fit his strong set, him, or his skill set, him and Penguins would make for just a buddy-buddy matchup. That would be a fun game to watch. Um, <clears throat> man, this went way longer than I thought it would. I would say... Man, that's some good questions. Penguins versus Mo would be a good one. Um, D. Wayne versus the Ravens would be a fun one. Two defensive guys. Um, I think that one could get, out, could get out of hand if Baltimore turned the ball over a ton. Um, I think those are all really good matchups. Uh, I, the Texans and, and what they've done against, like, the Falcons and Cobe, your team, you know, I think those would be some really fun matchups. Good question there. Which playoff team this year will not make the playoffs next year? Good question. Let's see if we can go back to that and look. All right, you guys got to give me a second here. That's a good question. I think uh, the one that comes right off the top of my head, the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, crud. Wrong one. That's the test franchise. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, I think they could be a team that doesn't make it next year. D-Money's going to be back. 
Uh, Moe's going to be back. There's going to be a lot of really good teams that will be back. So that's a kind of low-hanging fruit. Not that Pepper can't put it all together and make a run. I just think Pepper's his own worst enemy in his own head. And um, that's not a shot at him. I just Until he can overcome that, that's going to be a team that would not surprise me if they don't make it. Um, One of these NFC South teams I don't think will make it. I don't think we'll get three teams in next year. Um, I think my team will be better, especially if we switch, play more consistent. Kobe, you're going to be around for a year. Uh, there's going to be some fun matchups in the NFC South. Uh, looking at the AFC side, man, that's a tough one. I think all these teams are going to make it. They're all. I don't see any of these teams taking a step back. I think Bloop will get the quarterback situation figured out. I think uh, the Texans will continue to grow. The Jaguars will continue to grow. Miami's going to be stronger and better. The Chargers will be better. I don't see any of these teams going away, and it's going to be who from that next tier can take that next step. Broncos, Raiders. I'm going to leave somebody out, and somebody's going to get mad at me, but uh, you know, which of these teams can take that next step? Step in there. Cincinnati Bengals, right? Like can step in there and play with the big boys. I think it's a much wider picture in the NFC than the AFC. I think these are the top teams you're going to see a lot of as we continue to progress here. Um, in Madden 21. Let me do a quick refresh. Oh, looks like we got one more. Again, I'm sorry we couldn't be alive tonight. Um, but, you know, internet is what it is, and I knew... I knew there was no reason to go ahead and fight it. Ross says, if you were using a defensive end... Number one, I'm not. Um, I, I I don't love that. I can't say I haven't done it. If I'm third and 23 <clears throat> and I need to play to seal the game, maybe. But I think the one time I did it, I felt so dirty and icky that I showered for a week straight and cried. And I don't think I've ever used a defensive end again outside of like plays developing the quarterback scrambling and I switch to, to go make a play you know, that kind of stuff um, anyway let's figure, finish this question you're using a defensive end you're supposed to rush the quarterback and the offensive play call is a halfback screener you expected by FPR to rush the quarterback since that's the assignment play art um, or Keegan um, no look uh, again let's not confuse FPR with assignments the golden rule here is majority and that will be the golden rule forever don't do things a majority of the time doesn't mean you can't guess on defense if you see it's a screen and your defensive end go make a play big fella and the offense can't get mad you called a screen and got busted up and the guy was playing defensive end i'm sorry take a sack run with the quarterback do something else throw it away um just like if i'm playing you know man defense and i'm playing as a safety you know um high you to the let's say the left hash mark right like a, i'm in a two man cover man two safety deep right and you know you have everyone run to the right side of the field and i'm on the left side of the field i don't have to stay over there i can go make a play if i'm playing a linebacker and i see 
you know, you're running two drag routes and I know you've went to that drag route six times and I abandon the halfback. I leave him open. I go cover the drag route. The offense is supposed to be smart enough to see, oh, he broke his assignment, double coverage on the drag route. I'm not going to throw the drag route. Instead, I'm going to throw to my wide open halfback. So you're allowed to go make plays. You're allowed to guess sometimes. What we don't want to see is taking advantage of AI in a um, in like a crucial play, right? We don't want to see people doing it all the time. This isn't sketch up your own defense, sketch up your own offense, right? And so it's the majority and it's the crucial down. Let's, you know, stick to our assignments and do what we're supposed to do. And then that opens the question, well, what if, you know, they haven't ran a screen all day, it's third and 24, they're, I'm up by three and there's under two minutes and I need to make a play. Go make a play. It's just if you're playing defensive end and you stop rushing the quarterback three times a game and one of them is a screen, the other two are just plays on a drag route or slant route, then you're playing the wrong position. You need to go play linebacker or cornerbacker safety and go make a play with one of those guys, not with a defensive end. So I hope that kind of clears it up. Good questions from you guys and um, good playoff games, matchups that we've got going here. Just overall, we're in a really good place, and I'm interested to see what's going to happen as we wrap things up. All right, that's going to kind of bring us to the end of our show here. Thank you again for hanging out with me and watching this already pre-recorded. I apologize that we could not go live. That was kind of out of my hand. I got to give them a call in the morning. And if you ever messed with any kind of internet company, you know that that's always a pain. Really good spot in the playoffs. A lot's going to happen over the next 24 to 48 hours. I think if awards are not already up, they will be up. The all-in-one thread will be up. The graphic will be up. Um, I've got a lot of work to do tomorrow. I got a lot done today, but I'll get a lot done tomorrow. And we're turning the corner. We'll start getting the sportsmanship awards up. We'll, we'll start doing all of that fun stuff that we got to get done. Um, incentives will drop, and we'll start getting you guys to to send your incentive awards in. It's just going to be a lot of really fun things. So I hope that you you know you guys take advantage of where we are, kind of as a league and, and a community, and. And that you really, you know, find a way to, to plug in and, and be a part of, of what we got going here. So Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, you're going to see this. Uh, no, because next next week it's going to be the new year. So you're going to see a couple of new layouts after the new year. This will be my last week streaming with the Christmas theme. And then we'll put it in the back burner. Uh, start showing you a couple of the other new themes that we have. If you don't watch PUBG, come hang out with us and, and watch some PUBG, man. These are a lot of fun. There'll be a new layout for PUBG, a new layout for my Madden games. Uh, we'll keep the Hex one, the one that you normally seen for Press Pass Live. That'll still be the Press Pass Live overlay, but all of the other things that I stream are going to get new overlay. So I hope you're enjoying them. Help me out. Give me some likes and some shares. Leave some comments about the show. Give me your predictions as you think what's going to happen here and how are these going to play out i think we're working towards a dallas kansas city omfl bowl but it won't surprise me if the ravens have an upset or we see the falcons or even the panthers make a couple of upsets here um but d wayne is still kind of the big guy there especially with d money out of the picture so until next time guys i'm praying blessings over you i thank you for paying uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? It's 120 in the morning. I got to go to bed. I thank you for hanging out with me is what I was trying to spit out of my head here. And thank you for being with me. So have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next time here on Press Pass Live. Peace.